Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm in beautiful Williamsport, Maryland, joining Marcus Thomas and Garrett Chambers, two of the three co-founders of Kushwa Brewing Company. Hey gentlemen. Good morning, dude. So we are rapidly approaching your five-year anniversary. What is the official day? I think that the date it's is the 25th. January 22nd. Well, all right. Yeah. So the, the oh, party is the, the official day yeah. of our anniversary. Well, I just screwed up this podcast to start already. <laughs> no. I think the, so the party. What I love about that, though, is like how confidently you answered it wrong. <laughs> Boom. Well, the, but the, the 25th is yeah, the date 25th. of the anniversary. And then the 22nd is our actual like anniversary like party. Yeah. 25th is the sacred date. Yeah. But it never, I don't think it ever falls, like, a weekend hasn't fallen on that since we started to, like, actually do something on that date. No, maybe 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know dates. Yeah. And, it, like, there's the weird math you have to do because of leap years and stuff, right. and it's not yeah. worth trying to figure it out. When, the, the year that it happens, you'll know. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, we were talking about this beforehand, but I, um... I'm pretty sure you guys were on like right when you were opening. Like it was, you hadn't been open for very long when I had you on for the first time. So I feel like, uh, well, one, there's definitely way more people listening than there were five years ago. <laughs> so I think we should just pretend like you've never been on before, and uh, let's just tell the Kushwa story. Um, so. Who, which, which one of you want to go down that road? I believe the looks say that it's going to be you, Garrett. Yeah, I can do that. So how did Kushwa come to be? So I think that uh, it, there was kind of a progression of all of it, but it basically, you know, all three of us were friends before we started this place. Scott and Marcus were friends for a long time before that. Um, they went to high school together and knew each other for, for quite a while. Um, I met Scott through Untapped of all places. Um, we, I was living in Pennsylvania and I had brought some beer back from Vermont and checked some stuff in. And this was, I don't know, 10, maybe 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah, it was, it was actually, yeah, it was like 10 or 11 years ago. Um, and, uh, he made a comment on it cause he wondered why somebody in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania had like heady topper or whatever that thing was. And, uh, <clears throat> I was like, yeah, I got it. Like coming up, I'll give you some. And, um, I've always just really liked sharing beer with people. So he came to my house and drank a beer together and, and through, you know, we became friends and then through Scott, I met Marcus and, and their whole friend group. And we I took some trips, you know, traveling around, visiting breweries, just kind of doing the, the beer nerd thing and, and, you know, trading and having a good time with it. And then fast forward a few years, um, I had moved to Vermont and I was living up there and I was working full time as a school counselor uh, in Burlington, but I was working uh, nights and weekends at a brewery. And uh, they hit me up and, and said that they were going to start a brewery and offered me an opportunity to, to jump in. And 
that took some back and forth just because I wasn't sure if I wanted to move back to Maryland or not. And, um, you know, I really liked living up there. Um, and you know, like I said, it just, it, I only took a couple months to figure out like if, if that was a move I wanted to make and if everything was serious and, and whatnot. And, um, we eventually figured, figured that we'd, we'd give it a shot. So Lenny and I moved back to Maryland and, uh, we started this thing together and here we are. It's probably better being at a brewery right now than involved in the school system. So you probably made the right decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's tough out there in the schools for sure. My, my wife works at a high school, so I, I hear the first, the frontline stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lindy, my girlfriend is, is a teacher as well. So we, we talk oh, about right. it a I, lot. I, yeah. I, it, it is. It's, it's tough. It's a hard job to begin with and then throw in a pandemic and it's all bets are off. Um, did you, did you grow up in Maryland also? Or you're, cause you're from this, all three of you are from this general area, right? General area. I grew up in Pennsylvania. So just like 10 minutes from here in Greencastle, okay. Pennsylvania. Yep. So did Scott. Uh, he's originally from Illinois, moved in like middle school and then through sports and you know various friends that's how we kind of developed that friendship through through the years they really hate it if you pronounce it illinois i know that's why i made sure that i did that (laughs) i like that was always stuck in my head from i want to say dogma I don't know. In one of one of well, the Kevin Smith movies, Jay always pronounced it Illinois. <laughs> and I briefly, like for a year or so, I was working for a, a government contracting company, and their their backup data center was in Chicago. So I was there at least once a month, and I said Illinois once, like just because it like it was in my head, like kind of like pronouncing things weird, like Tarjay or something like that and they flipped out on me <laughs> like all right well i know how i'm pronouncing it from now on with the s <laughs> so apparently that's a common thing that happens and really angers them isn't there some kind of like with missouri it's like east of the missouri of oh. missouri is like missouri and west is missouri i don't know i've never something heard weird. that but that's that sounds like something weird people would do <laughs> and get upset about. <laughs> but you're, Garrett, you're Maryland born and bred, right? Yeah. I, old Bay flowing through your veins. <laughs> that's, that's correct. Yeah. I, <laughs> I grew up in this county, so I went to high school like 15 minutes from here. Um, so what, what did make you decide on Williamsport? Because it's probably not, like, the, like, number one place to open a brewery. I would say it's absolutely not in the top 100 places to open a brewery. <laughs> I was trying to be nice, but, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> it's um, kind of anticlimactic. I mean, Williamsport, it just kind of was, like, what was in our budget. I mean, what yeah. worked for us at that point and, like, what was available. Um, and this is kind of months maybe before Garrett even saw it or we even told him but me and Scott had this brilliant idea and then we wanted to bring Garrett on board but we're like we need a spot like where in the heck where do we even start it's kind of like a google search and like 
Dan Bowman Industrial Park in Williamsport, Maryland popped up. <laughs> and there was this perfect location that already had a bar installed. And they're like, yeah, I think we can make this work. And I mean, that's just kind of how it happened. It wasn't like we were looking at a map and trying to strategically find where we should be at. It was more like, how is this going to work for us? Yeah not for everybody else <laughs> it was i was just gonna add that uh it it's nice to do something in our you know hometown i mean even though scott and marcus are not from this town they're from a town 15 minutes from here or whatever yeah. and you know so it's it was i think a lot of people from this area in general which includes you know 30 or 45 minutes in every direction it's kind of like there's there's not cool things to do you know we're always like looking for things so people go to frederick or rockville or dc or whatever city you choose to go seek out things like this so you know we we live here and and we want these things outside of just wanting to start a business we want these things as options to do for ourselves you know just to hang out with friends and do things like that so it was a it, it, it was also an untapped market. You know, we, uh, Antietam had been here for a few years and they were doing really well and had a, had a good brand and a reputation and people really enjoyed that. So I think that was, that was kind of cool because they set a tone. We were the second brewery in the County. And I think at that point, pretty much all of Maryland, Washington County West. Um, and you know, it, it was, it was just, it was nice to open up and not be in a place that was already kind of saturated, so to speak, you yeah. know, cause even five years ago, there were definitely out West. Yeah. But like on the East coast, there were starting to be places popping up that, you know, towns and cities that, that were, had a lot of breweries in them. Whatever happened to you guys moving into the barley, old barley and hops building? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that never, that that was never a plan. I'm not even going there with that because that's pretty much like I'm to blame for that like conspiracy theory, <laughs> wrong wording on a post and being very uh, new to social media. Um, you definitely have to figure the right verbiage before you throw something out there. It was funny though. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people were excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think when you um, boil it down to um, just one more little thing to piggyback on that, um, with the Williamsport area and us selecting this town, like we found so many other things that were cool about Williamsport. Like we didn't take to, in account that the Williamsport like area has the CNO Canal, um, I mean, we based our name off of that with the Kushwa Basin. Um, so and there's other restaurants. It's taken some time, but there's other places coming to this area or seeking, like, to open their business, whether it's a coffee roastery or a new restaurant or a bar. Well, I feel like as Frederick becomes uh less and less affordable that hagerstown is probably the next uh logical place that's going to have an explosion i mean it already has a foundation mm -hmm. um and i mean you guys are ba basically just hagerstown south 
Like it's yep. not so you, you benefit from anything that's gonna and like so they already have like a lot of the retail and everything in place that there's probably going to be over the mm-hmm. next decade or so a lot of build up in this area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's happening. You know, it, it's even in the five years that we've been here, there's been a lot of people. There there has been a lot of people who have moved up. You know, from the up the two seventy seventy corridor or whatever, and. Um, I agree with you. I think this long term, you know, is a really good spot and, you know, kind of being an anchor and um, there there are people moving into town, especially now that people are working remotely and other things and they don't have to necessarily drive down yeah. down the road every day. Um, you know, this this uh, this county is actually pretty cool. Maryland's a weird state in the sense that, like, there's a lot of stuff to do in this state. We have a lot of cool things. But how often do you hear people like jumping on planes to go to Maryland for the weekend? You know, like yeah. people go to California, or like we're going yeah. to Florida, or we're going to Texas or New York or whatever. I mean, maybe to DC, right. but not to like, right. all the other stuff we have to offer. Yeah, but typically the the secondary secondary thing, um, being so close to eighty one and seventy, it seems like people stop through here on their way to like New York or DC yeah. or Pittsburgh. Uh, so I think that helps as well uh for us people stop in check us out um make us a priority or a secondary priority (laughs) and as um well one that you've grown larger so you can it's more inviting isn't the right way um i don't know i can't think of the right term but now you you have a much larger tap room Mm -hmm. now um do you find people and there are definitely way more breweries in the area and there's mm-hmm. like two more that are, are going to be opening in Hagerstown I think um has that helped also bring more people like making it more worth the drive for people I mean because there are definitely people already driving out mm-hmm. here just to come to Kushwa but having like a pocket has that helped at all or i guess I it's been know. a really weird two years to really be able to answer that but <laughs> yeah i think i think it's i don't know the answer is i don't know you would you would assume so and i think that's that was kind of the plan and what we hoped for but yeah it's been a strange two years i do know that having homemade in this complex you know they they took over our old space um even for just locally we do get a lot of people that would come out and then hit both places just like right right you know in this uh industrial complex i'm sure it does help um you know it's just been like you said such a weird time there's and there's almost like no way to collect that data at this point Mm -hmm. um you know a few more will probably make it even more worth the drive um because we have you know we've got four in this county now four yeah yeah currently open and i think I, there's definitely at least one more opening soon, but I believe there are two or three, at least in the works. It's hard to it's hard to keep up with some of that stuff. Like the the one that you're referring to that is coming for sure, that's happening. But we we always hear so many stories about hey, like we're opening a brewery, and then it just doesn't yeah. pan out. So it's hard to know how many are opening and how many are actually going to follow through. I mean, it's you know it's a big commitment. And it's it's a weird time to to do yeah. it but we, there's a lot of opportunities for it to 
or I guess the, a lot of things can happen for it to fizzle out yeah. and not take place. Yeah, because it's not like you just decide that you're going to open it and next month you open it. You know, it's this is this is a at this point it's a year year and a half process um, with. I mean, it's hard to do in a normal world, but right now with shortages and shipping delays and you know people being out of work and you know just lots of things like by out of work i mean like not doing you know um just processing paperwork and things like that it's yeah. it's it's definitely definitely hard um there are some other ones coming too that aren't just in this you know uh county but um across the the river in west virginia um, there's a couple more coming up, uh, close by in Pennsylvania. So they're there. And I know for a fact, those are going to open soon. So, um, there, there's, there are some coming and some of them are going to be really good, honestly. And I'm, I'm pumped about that. Because there's definitely, I mean, there's a lot of people that come to Frederick for a weekend just yep. to hit up all the breweries. And yeah. I would, I mean, I would think that you have, once you hit that point of like there being enough, in a certain area then you know like that would just happen in this area too Mm -hmm. i think so i think there's a critical mass that is important for that and then hopefully that balances and just kind of stays there and doesn't hit a tipping point let's um take a real quick sponsor break and then um we'll talk about more stuff when we get back Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Does, um, does Kushwa have a meaning? Like, like, but, like, from like why is it the kushwa basin named that like is, is it is a family mm. yeah okay. yeah it's a family name family and then like an early settler of the area or or just someone of note i don't think we ever traced it back that far i mean I it was there was a family with the last name of kushwa we've actually had a senator kushwa in Maryland. i think we've had two right weren't there two senator kushwas at some point and then they owned the that derivatives of that family relate relatives of that family owned a, the brick company um that is now i think it's redland brick now yeah maybe it's changed hands again but um there's a, a brick company so wow. i'm just curious yeah um so i guess this would be a good point to then uh i guess we'll end up jumping around in time a little bit 
but that just to talk about the anniversary party a little bit because you have a nice little shindig yep. coming up. Yeah, we wanted to. We I think for the last few years we we've really wanted to have you know invite some friends into town and offer some other you know beer options and things like that and just do something cool to celebrate. Obviously, the last you know two years haven't been super conducive to that. Um, this year, we decided to go ahead and, and uh, you know have a have a little party. Um, so we we're super excited to have. Uh, we've got fifty couple breweries sending beer in. Um, that that just proved that you're from Maryland. <laughs> Why? What, what did I say? Fifty couple. Fifty couple. <laughs> what What do other people say? Uh, around 50, 50, 50 some 50 approx- plus approximately yeah. 50 <laughs> we have over 52 breweries coming because there's 50 couple yeah uh 50 couple <laughs> i think well, i don't think that's a maryland thing that i think that's like a specifically washington county it's a thing. hillbilly thing probably uh, probably get it from my parents <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because neither of my parents are from here so uh but I've lived here, like I said, my whole life. So I picked it up from the locals. So 50 couple breweries. Yeah. Some of the best breweries in the country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've been really fortunate to make a lot of cool friends and, and build some relationships through the years. And um, we've we've poured it at, you know, quite a few of their parties and, and anniversaries and things. So um, it was nice to be able to host them for a change. Um, that's um that's that's a trend that I love in craft beer that it seems like what two three years now where like breweries when they have their anniversaries mm-hmm. instead of just making it like a all about them mm-hmm. uh, having it almost like a mini beer festival of friends yep yeah it's fun you know this that's one of the cool things about this industry and I'm sure other guests have talked about it and we've probably talked about it but it's you know, we're all, we're all running businesses and, and, you know, working our asses off trying to do the best we can. But for the most part, we all get along really well. You know, there's, there's, there's a, um, a camaraderie between brewery owners and brewers and things like that, that, um, we just, I don't know, we all share ideas or a lot of us share ideas. We like to brew together, um, you know, push, push the envelope sometimes. Um, you know, I think a lot of the collabs, you know, come out like flashy or whatever, but we, we also have a lot of good discussions when we're all hanging out around processes and, and things that, you know, we can do to actually improve the quality of our beer and, and, and move things forward. The, um, yeah. And it's cool too, because then you get to meet people like the, uh, most of the time, like everyone comes in, a lot of people come into town go out and if they're not pouring, they still, go out and talk to people so it's an opportunity for beer drinkers to meet people involved with these breweries that they a lot of times are only getting access to through trading or if they're traveling but like actually getting to meet the people involved in the beer i think that's one of the coolest things about having having uh breweries come into town especially in places like you know this area um, you know, COVID changed distro a little bit. So we, we do have a lot more options yeah. and so does everybody else than, than we did before. But still, you know, for this party, we'll get some beers here that have never been here before and, and, you know, breweries that don't send beer to Maryland. So it, it'll be, 
it'll be cool. You know, I'm, I'm actually pumped to drink some of the stuff that that's coming into town. In, um, so did, did you have to have this off site because of other places, beer being served or was that just a capacity thing? It's, it's a capacity thing. Okay. So it's two things. One, one, we, we didn't want to close our tap room down. Um, it's actually a couple of things. So we didn't, we didn't want to close our tap room down cause there are people that don't want to go to the anniversary party. Yeah. They just want to come here. So we wanted to stay open. We wanted to pick a spot where we could, uh, have increased capacity and spread people out a little bit, give people some room to breathe and things like that. Um, and just, I don't know, just have a cool spot, you know, just do something a little bit different than, you know, everybody's normal experience when they come here. Yeah. I'd, I'd never heard of or seen, um, that place before, but looking at pictures, it looks awesome. It's a neat place. Tell everyone where it, where it's at. Cause I forget the name mainly. It's, (laughs) it's actually less than five minutes from here. So it's a quick drive over uh springfield barn is in downtown williamsport maryland um so the historic springfield barn uh used for events ranging from weddings to i don't know like proms i mean it's it's a pretty big venue um and it's tucked away and people don't even realize it's there um so it we're we're excited to have it out there um you know, that's been challenging, uh, especially with given the situation in the world. Um, so we're kind of pivoting here lately uh, just to try to make people feel um, they're safe coming out there. Um, so, you know, it should be a good event. Uh, there's, I mean, along with, I guess we didn't even mention, or maybe you're going to get to, but we've got High Roller Lobster Co., coming in from maine uh to do food uh food for thought out of maine they actually own odd by nature brewing company Mm -hmm. Uh, but they started in the restaurant business um and they do a lot of cool like takes on original i don't know food fair um if you go on their social media it's it's crazy like i'm excited to try their their food and then obviously we've got our hometown favorite rat pie is going to be out there How'd you uh, get hooked up with them? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they forced themselves on. <laughs> they just said, we'll be there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it's going to be a, a good day. And I think a lot of people that aren't um, familiar with this world of craft beer and what it it looks really looks like from the inside will be blown away. Um the people I'm kind of speaking to are more like the local people that just want to support us and come out and hang out. And I think they're going to be like, wow, like other people do the stuff that like Kushwa is doing. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be fun to kind of see the results from that and see how people kind of talk about that after post uh, anniversary. Well, I, that's why I think um, a lot of like the diehard craft beer fans kind of live in a bubble where they like think everyone's aware of like all of those breweries and everything but like actually the vast majority of your customers probably aren't huge craft beer nerds they like kushwa beer so they come to kushwa and like you said now they'll be exposed to like that there is this great stuff all over the country Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's something we, we kind of have to check ourselves sometimes as well on that because we're so deep into it. We forget that there are a lot of people that are not aware of of the status of this. I mean, we live and breathe it, obviously. So we we're we're doing this constantly and we know the names and, and all these things. And, um, you know, we we still live in an area where a lot of people we get people that come in that have never visited a brewery before, you know, they'll, and you, you know, and you can tell, I mean, they come in and they don't, they don't necessarily know like what, how this works, you know, and things like that. So we've, we've always tried to create a really, um, welcoming environment here with our staff and things to be like, you know, Hey, come on in like kind of give people the lowdown and this is how it works and, and just make people feel comfortable. Um, so it's, it's, we kind of, and I'm sure a lot of breweries do this, but, specific to this area we cater to locals that um you know don't even know people trade beer or there's yeah. high, there's a secondary market or you know like don't know the names or whatever um who just come in like you said and want to want to hang out and drink our beer um but then we also get the you know the the people who are really really into this and and um you know are into trading and flying to other states to you know go to festivals and things like that um so on the uh, the uh, what am I trying to say? The the um, we got uh, posters made up for each brewery that's pouring at the anniversary, and we put the city and state they're from on there just because I think it's cool to give people the sense of like, man, like you have beer from Hawaii here, you know, you have Mon- beer from Montana, uh, you know. We I think we've got, I think we have sixteen or eighteen states represented, and it might be a little more, more. than that. Yeah, yeah, at at our party, which is which is cool. So how, how did you get hooked up with most of these breweries? Is it from traveling to other festivals kind of like the, it's weird. Like it's not a festival, but it kind of is a festival. Right. Like, so, so other, it's a hybrid. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, you know, early on when our first, our first big event was pouring at Aslan's maybe second or third yeah, anniversary. Second, I believe. And, uh, that, that night was crazy because that'll forever be kind of burned into memory for me. We, uh, showed up there, all three of us went and we were kind of like awkwardly standing in the corner, like (laughs) middle school dance because we're in this room. (laughs) Yeah. We're in this room with, with all these people that we had literally been geeking out over for a long time, you know, drinking their beer, trying to find their beer. Yeah. We had never met anyone there. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I met Kai and Drew at some point really, you know, like recently before that. Um, but we, we were just standing there looking around and it was, it was just a really, um, crazy. Surreal. Yeah. Surreal. Yeah. Surreal is a good word. It was just a crazy feeling to be in that room and, you know, you start hanging out and talking to people and everything's fun and, and everybody's, for the most part, really easy to talk to. So we just link up with people. You find your, find your click just like in any other, you know, social arrangement. And, uh, you know, you build your own group. And then, then before you know it, you're just part of it. You know, and now we find ourselves being able to get other people involved. You know, there are a couple of breweries that are coming um, one's not even open yet. And it's, it's just, it's exciting to be able to offer that <clears throat> same kind of opportunity to, to growing breweries. Yeah, and I think in, in general, there's a, a fairly 
common personality type of people who want to open a brewery. Like yeah. it, I mean, it's not obviously not 100% universal, but mm-hmm. it, so there is a lot of just like-minded people mm-hmm. when so it, it's easy to become good friends with, with in those situations. I think so. I think that the tie that binds in this specific group and a lot of groups is quality like everybody did this because they have a genuine love for what we do and we want to make the best beer that we possibly can and you know have fun doing it i think that's the that's the core and that probably spans you know 80 percent 90 percent of craft beer um you know there's always some people that want to do it because they think they're going to make a bunch of money or it's uh, like it looks cool or something like that those are obviously not the right reasons, but you also don't find a lot of those people in that yeah. circle. So, well, and I would also say, like in that circle, extreme experimentation mm-hmm. and the yeah. pushing the envelope of redefining net, like what beer is. Yeah, yeah, beer looks very different now than it did. Yeah, <laughs> well, even two years ago, and yeah, then four, and then six, and then you know, it's it's wild the the. Um, how quickly this industry has changed like clothing trends yeah <laughs> yeah and then stuff comes back and well, I was gonna stuff say, like, goes away like point, doesn't last pointing out to uh <laughs> i think it was your release this week like west coast ipas are coming back strong mm-hmm. thankfully i'm happy to see it you love to see it. it's uh you know we had in our old space i think we might have brewed two lagers the entire three years that we were over there and it's not because we didn't want to it was just it was it wasn't an easy sell you know yeah. craft lagers uh is a tough proposition for a couple reasons but the market just wasn't really at least in this area you know it just wasn't really there but now i mean we've we've always got three or four mm-hmm. lagers on we're always you know playing around with some other out of favor styles that um have gotten a little more attention and and some people really enjoy so well that's why i think it's amazing i, I recently had chilling on as a guest oh, nice. and they're they're basically a hype brewery that only does loggers hype lager <laughs> mm-hmm. hype lager baby yeah. Oh, well, they're really good at what they do. Too. Oh, yeah. So that's, they kill it. It, uh, I'm it a helps. 100% fanboy for their beer. Alexander is mm-hmm. just phenomenal. Well, it's, it's funny uh, inside of the industry how many fanboys shilling. <laughs> because yeah. when we all hang out. <laughs> they do out, a good job yeah. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> we all want to drink lager and they they slay. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, everybody when I think when everybody's looking for their beer the night before. They're yeah. like, easy drinkers, shilling. Let's yep. go. Absolutely. <laughs> I, um, I'm going to try my hardest to go to their Oktoberfest this year. Yeah, I uh, I was gonna go up last year just to hang out, and I I couldn't make it. But the the uh, small list of like guest breweries that they had there were all phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, you know, friends that went said it was it was killer. There, the setting of that place. Have you been Have you been to their tap room? No, I've never been up there. It's one of the coolest uh, settings of a brewery. Well, that, like a that compound. I've ever been to. Yeah. It's yeah, and it's right on the side of a river, like literally like. You sit up on, you know, a small, like, bank, I guess, hillside. Um, there's a little, like, cliff, 
and and the, there's a river it's a shallow ish river with little waterfalls and stuff like that it's it's gorgeous that the town that uh little tin that they're in is is a really cool little town but the it's a fairy tale town it is it's, yeah it's wild the, go to their instagram page and basically every day this time of year through it's like snow mm-hmm. like well like it looks filter. like a hallmark movie <laughs> it does yep, it absolutely <laughs> there, does there may have been a hallmark movie filmed there <laughs> probably i mean if <laughs> there wasn't they should because i mean it just like they wouldn't have to build a single thing they just yeah, <laughs> yeah. or that was like the model like someone <laughs> like someone back in the day at hallmark went to littleton and like from now on every movie will be set here <laughs> yeah well, and the food's good. The people are cool. Like that, that place has, has it going on and right. You know, the, the, the love that they get is deserved and, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, Alexander's one of the best Czech Pilsners in the world. It is. Um, let's take a real quick sponsor break. And then when we get back, do we cover everything about the anniversary party slash fest hybrid festival? I think we did. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll find something to talk about. All right. We'll be right back. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www districteastbeer.com to all you craft breweries wineries and distilleries out there listen up atlantic custom solutions is the real deal in providing you branded growlers ceramics glassware and accessories like koozies coasters and keychains their high definition digital printing organic ink and low fire process ensures your brand is printed in ultra high definition giving you a one-up on the competition We've used Atlantic Custom Solutions for uncapped branded glassware and couldn't be happier with it. Check them out. Visit www.brandmybeverage.com or give them a call at 434-286-4500 to learn more about how they can help you brand your business. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. All right, Garrett, I've asked you at least two times. <laughs> I know what you're going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, do, do, do. The, well, go ahead, just answer, and then I'll tell you if that's what I was going to ask. Is this the who do I want to brew with question? Yes, because you, you, you fulfilled your last dream. <laughs> I did. I absolutely did, and it was awesome. It was, it was everything that I uh, hoped it would be. Uh, we, it's It's... Uh, yeah, I'd met Adrian before that last one, uh, but brewing with Ocelot was a huge deal for me. You know, like they're, uh, you know, 
they they're a top five brewery for me. I love their beer. And I, I love their beer and I love Adrian. Yep. One of the nicest people in the world. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met somebody that didn't like Adrian. And if, if somebody didn't, I almost would wonder if it's their problem. You know, well, kind no, of thing. Because I would wonder. I would just think yeah. that I would like I would walk away. Yeah. Like you're not someone I want to be with. Yeah. <laughs> but their whole crew down there, uh, Jack is awesome. Like every everybody down there is just really, really cool. Um I we we had a great time and uh did something super cool and that was a fun one you um, know i waited way too long to drink those beers and they were still phenomenal yeah I, and they were a good four months before i finally drank them and they were still amazing their beer holds up really well really really well um, I think I still have some of the lager in my fridge at home uh, just because I took too much of it home <laughs> because I didn't want it to go away. Um, and uh, I was curious about the lager specifically, like how long it would stand up. But I, I drank some, you know, way, you know, quote unquote late and uh, they were still good. No, like, I mean, I think I just had it a couple of weeks really? ago, like a week or two ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that collab was uh perfect because of the split between the two beers kind of yep. highlighting both things we do well yep um and just i mean people gravitated towards it when that when that came out i mean both those beers were awesome yeah like, it was cool how you did that then with dancing gnome also yeah yeah with the ipa lager yep. combo yeah, when when uh, Andrew and I were talking about what we wanted to brew, um, we we had talked about. I've been trying to push the envelope on low ABV beers because I really like to drink those. So I want to know like where what's a threshold? How you know how how can we work to make the lowest ABV beers, but still taste like beer and be flavorful and everything else. Was that a, was that a lager or was it just low ABV? It was. It was okay. Yeah. 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 I so it was a, I was remembering wrong. Nope. You were right. It, it's a, it was a three and a half percent. We just called it a hoppy lager. It didn't really fit a style per se. It's good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was super excited about it. So we made that, which, you know, people would be overall less pumped to like come out and buy a bunch of and then a double ipa which you know obviously generally generally people are more excited to, to buy um and drink but um that was fun and we got to try some new processes and, and other things we did the same thing with blue jacket you know we brewed that uh Geist was four percent four or four point two i think uh, i think it was four um but you know again like low abv new processes and those are the types of things that get me super excited at this point Um, so what was your takeaway what's the lowest that uh the three and a half is the lowest abv beer we've brewed and i really liked what uh came out of that but um i think i mean there's a couple examples out there of three percent 2.8 three percent abv beers that are awesome true makes one called lower it's a ta- like a saison like a table beer that is killer um force and main uh makes really 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 kick ass uh low abv uh english styles uh i just i bought a case they had one i can't remember what the name of it was but um, they had like a, it was a mild, it was like a dark mild or something like that, that, that I, I brought, a, a literally bought a case of, you know, last month, uh, when I was up, uh, at imprint, um, and brought that home just because that's, so I'm, I mean, you can do it. I've never brewed one at 2.8 that 
I actually, I don't think I've ever tried that yet, but, um, it's just, it's such a hard sell on a 15 barrel system to make that much of something. Yeah. It just, it's such a hard sell. Um, I do think that's one of the things that the market is coming around to, but it's not quite there enough that, you know, it, it moves fast enough for us, uh, for the, for the people who are known for that. I think, you know, they've made the, they've made a name for themselves and, and are really good at it. Um, but that's, that's definitely, um, something that, that I get excited about. Okay. Now answer the question. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go back to shilling. Honestly, like I, you know, like I'd, I'd love to brew a lager with them. I've never, I've never actually asked them to brew or, you know, whatever. Um, but, um, just, just lager brews are fun. You know, lager brews for us are, um, are exciting because when, when you brew a lot of, uh, double IPAs and, and hoppy things, you're, you don't get to explore a lot of malt necessarily because, you know, at this, the current state of the market is lightest color possible. Um, you know, you're not looking for malt flavor in that, yeah. you know, it's how much, how much hop, you know, can you cram in there? And, and that's, that's fine. I mean, that's fun too, but, um, you know, we, we do brew darker beers and, and a lot of different styles here, but, um, on the lager side, you know, it, it's, uh, it's exploring malt and process getting to try things that we don't usually do. They do a lot of decoctions and things that we, we've barely like dipped a toe into. So that, that would be fun for me. That's something I'd like to do. Are you going to get into pastry loggers? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I also said a couple years ago, I'd never make a seltzer. And then I went through an awkward seltzer phase and, uh, we made like a few of those and that's something I can tell you I won't do any more of. Um, they're fine. It's just we don't. That's not a market for us. It's not where we belong. I don't think. Um, I, I don't. I don't think there's much of a market for craft seltzer. Yeah. Like in distribution or in like, like to have in a brewery, I think right. makes sense. But there doesn't seem because the per, the price threshold between the large ones to how much a craft one has to sell for is so out of whack yep. uh, that it's a hard sell to people. I agree. It also, um, it, it, it also is a situation where a lot of people that drink seltzer drink it because of the low calories and things like that. And, and it's hard for a craft place to make that uh, same type of product and we don't have the testing, you know, we have the labs and the yeah. equipment and things like that. Um, so I think there, there's a bunch of stuff, but then of course, what does craft beer do? Craft beer takes <laughs> seltzer and makes it pastry seltzer, yeah. right? We, may, we cram it full of lactose and fruit and adjuncts and all kinds of stuff. So there is a small market for that part, but that's still like, that's, we do, we, you know, we definitely like, we have our electro fruit series and we do heavily fruited kettle sours and things. And I'm, I'm proud of what we turn out, but that's also not our focus. That's part of what we do, but it's yeah. not who we are. And, um, the seltzer thing just doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't check a box for us. Um, I really liked the electro fruit you did with beer zombies. Oh, yeah. Or the, and yep. Yeah, we yeah. did. That was, the, uh, the Maryland mob one was good too, but I really yeah. liked, I like pineapple and beer. Yeah. I do too. Pineapple and everything. Leo feels differently. <laughs> Leo's anti pineapple. Well, as well as many other things. Him. No. <laughs> 
So, but yeah, it's uh, I I like that too. That one was fun. Um, I don't know. It's 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 cool to try different things and and see you know what what we can make happen. So, the new target is shilling. Yeah. Okay. Sounds. It sounds like I'm. Uh, it sounds shilling aggressive. We're coming for you. <laughs> yeah, it sounds <laughs> sounds aggressive. Um, yeah. No. I. I mean. I'd. I'd absolutely love to brew with shilling. And you know, there's probably a I, bunch I, of other breweries out there that you know we would also like to work with. But um, shilling's just. They. They. They just do really cool stuff. Yeah. I endorse that answer. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a different one, Marcus? No, I don't think I I've ever. I like that. I don't yeah. think I've ever asked you that question. It's only uh, that's Garrett's domain, so I'm going to leave that <laughs> with him. You know what? You know what the other thing is, and I'll add on to this. And I can't give you a specific brewery name, but um, Todd, uh, the owner of Goodward, um, Todd brews a lot of English styles. Have you had any of his stuff? No. Okay, he's awesome. Uh, he's an awesome guy. His wife's awesome. Uh, his, you know, is like just super, super cool. He's like uh, if Georgia were a person, um, you know, and and he's it's just not. Uh, he's he's a really really good dude, and he he's like deep into really um, perfecting like English styles and stuff like that. And he brews he like brews old IPAs and uh, he does like a lot of low EBV like bitters and and you know like there's like a couple categories of bitter. You know, you've got extra special special thing you know those things mild things like that. i love esbs so do i yeah um so he's working really hard to to you know per- perfect those styles and we were talking recently i was like we should get on a plane and we should go to the uk and just cruise around covid notwithstanding and just to like drink and and call you know market like call it market research but it's legit yeah. market research and see if we couldn't hook up a couple collabs over there and, and actually get into some of those breweries and work side by side with some of the people and learn some stuff and bring it back over here because i think that would be that'd be a really fun time and uh get a different perspective on uh how they do what they do i don't think i know anything about breweries in england i can't give you the name of one craft brewery in the you know of of, of someone craft that makes traditional english styles i i don't know um you know there are there are some over there that have like more like hype and things like that yeah. um i don't even know the names of any of those yeah um, when is the, what's there something in young isn't there that one they made like the there's youngs the banana bread uh that is i don't think that's youngs i think that's another brew. oh uh, yeah I, I can picture the the label but i can't think of the the name but yeah it'll uh i can't think of it either it'll come to me after we get off this podcast yeah young's <laughs> does the what is some kind of irish they do stout like a double they, there's like a double chocolate uh stout that they yeah. do and yeah there's, there's a couple other ones um they're you know a bigger more established brewery. i don't i don't even know you know if they're owned by somebody or you know i probably don't know. are at this point but i Mo- had them most large places are and you don't even know it you know a lot of those like mid-tier just by size not by quality or anything but just size are owned by bigger bigger beer there's a flow chart i think actually i think it's mike, mike from sapwood yeah. put a flow chart together that's very it's very mike it's a very mike thing to do and it's awesome though because it helps you oh, sorry. it's wells and young okay it okay yeah you're right so it's bread. 
did they did that merge at some point because I don't wells know. It's made very, the very it's very confusing like it i don't know i don't know i'm just gonna say i don't know yeah. because it always confused like this was like a decade ago though when i had this yeah. beer but it confused me because yeah. I, I don't know if they're related to each other or have nothing to do with each other or i don't know either that's a good question one i'll never look up the answer to <clears throat> Although this, there's an old label that just says Wells. That's so what I'm saying. So maybe they did, they must have that. Yeah, because Young's made the double chocolate stout. Like I, I used to drink that when I was in my early 20s. You know, which is 20 years ago. <laughs> and like that was awesome back then because we just didn't have, we didn't have a lot of those options. Um, trying to think who, so like Sam Adams, you know, would make some stuff like that they had options like that but there weren't there weren't really breweries like anywhere around here doing stuff like that so the getting that one and like i specifically remember that banana bread beer too which i it'd be fun to like get a bottle of that and taste it now because back then it was like holy hell like this yeah it was crazy crazy right (laughs) and now now it probably is less crazy i i would (laughs) i would venture to guess you try it and it's almost boring yeah (laughs) right but in an awesome way, right? Yeah. That's the problem with, that's why, that's why everything, um, all the like, uh, traditional styles are such a hard sell because it's, it's not flashy. And once you've had more flavor, it's really hard to go back to less flavor. Yeah. Right. And it's not less flavor. Sounds like a bad thing. It's, it's not a bad thing. There's a lot of like nuancey stuff in there. That's really cool. Um, but people well, there's there's still there's still a lot of flavor just not every flavor yes right yeah <laughs> right mm-hmm. that's that's a good point so yeah it's it's uh that's well, what i need to do like a retro beer tasting yep uh sam adam sherry we we're gonna we we actually did that uh, i don't know like a year or two ago we went and got a six pack of that and just sat here and just drank it because we could uh i used to drink that all the time you know forever ago 15 years ago or whatever it's, you that's know. what i'm trying i'm trying to think of like what time frame it would be where it was probably like 2007 ish that's when i really started to get into craft beer yeah <clears throat> So, and then back then, it would, like that would definitely be one. Yep. Uh, the cherry wheat, um, the banana bread one. Magic Saran- number nine. Yeah. Saranac oh. stuff, which mm-hmm. I imagine if I tried a Saranac beer right now, I would not care for it. Yeah. Um, Lining Kugels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Like, well, I mean, Dogfish Head was like the mind blowing mm-hmm. stuff in 2007. Yeah, Dogfish Head was wild. The first time I I tried that, like that was we went down and we did the tour, and it was it was it was pretty eye opening. That was the the quote unquote hoppiest beer, you know, I'd ever tried, yeah. and and it was it was a lot to take, but it was awesome. You know, like it was a it was a cool. It was a I cool guess you thing. could say they're the ones that kind of pushed the envelope from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more of a trendsetter. Yep, absolutely. Styles yeah. and doing things no one even thought that they would ever try yep yeah for sure because you think about it you know you've got your like sierra nevadas and things like that boston beer and, and stuff that started early on but they were also like making progressive beer but with traditional ingredients yeah. for the most it's part. more of like evolutionary changing yeah yeah whereas dogfish you know he just went ape and just <laughs> mm-hmm. started throwing all kinds of stuff but I mean, fairly calculated and um, pretty cool. Well, I don't. 
I don't think they do them anymore. But they used to host, um, it was like, I can't remember what they called it. It was either Ask Dogfish or Ask Sam, where he would host uh, social media, like, answering question sessions. Mm -hmm. And I was at a conference for beer writing that he gave a presentation to. So they did a live one Mm -hmm. with us. Like, he was answering our questions on Instagram Live. And someone asked him if there was ever an ingredient that he would not use in beer Mm -hmm. and his answer was i don't like to think about that because the left side of my brain would say no we can't do that the right side of my brain would be saying shut the f up that's what we're doing now (laughs) makes sense that makes sense but yeah like there i mean I, I can't think of anything specific from back in that time frame, but like it was just yeah, like they were doing the craziest possible stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, well, and it was good. I you know yeah. I, I don't know I don't know that I could name a dogfish head beer that I tried that I didn't like. I hate mm-hmm. hundred and twenty minute IPA. Really? Yeah, I don't care what people say. Huh. It's disgusting. I firmly disagree with that. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I don't like your tone, sir. <laughs> 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 I don't know, man. I love that uh, worldwide stout. Like all the, you know, like that was good. Yeah, we used to mix those two and do like a heaven and hell kind of type beverage. I loved Squall. I don't think I. Had that was that. their bottle conditioned, unfiltered version of ninety minute IPA. Okay, it hmm. was so good. I don't think I had that. This is minus touch. That mm-hmm. one, yeah, oh, there was like their honey. Yeah, um, I remember honey liking wheat? that one. Was it a weed ale? I don't know. I don't know what the base was, but I remember like I know it was honey based. Mm-hmm. It was strong too, wasn't it? It's probably why I liked it. Like a lot of what they do. Is, <laughs> yeah, <it's> strong. <laughs> Marcus is the opposite of my low ABV beers. I want the low ABV stuff. He wants the high test. Woo. 20%? Yep. <laughs> I just got, I mean, I'll, I'll bring you one of the stouts I got from Wiley Roots. They're like 15%, I think. They're barrel-aged imperial stouts. Big, yes, big sir. boys. <laughs> big boys. I like that stuff. I definitely, I definitely do like pastry stouts a whole, whole lot. I don't want to drink a lot of them, but I want to try all of them. Um, just, they taste good. They're just, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard to argue that they taste good. You know? I mean, it's dessert. Yeah, Unle- it is. Unless you're someone who hates dessert, right. then, yeah. yeah, there's no argument that they don't taste good. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to hang out with people that don't like desserts. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it gets along the lines of a fruited sour, too. Yep. Like and I think one there, I think reviews of fruited sours piss me off more than anything. <laughs> because, like, people will be down on them for reasons that are exactly what it said on the can it was yep i agree and what just popped into my head was the the one that one of the ones i made with four score was a apple cider caramel buttercream frosting fruited sour and that was all prominently on the label and like someone gave it a one saying it tasted like buttercream icing like it was it was there right. like it said it was going to mm-hmm. taste like that yeah <laughs> and like that beer was exactly what it said it was yeah untap's a hard thing to look at mm-hmm. i really wish you could reply to people 
I wish you could um, reply to people. You can. I, uh, I wish you, wish you could take the gloves off and reply to people. That's, well, that's what it would be. No, really you nice. can as the brute. Like, I wish I could uh, go through and reply gotcha. to people. The comment like section if, would be awesome. If yeah. you if it were like Instagram and you could yeah. just comment on anything. It would be amazing. That That is... I'd like to see that. That'd be fun. I don't know why they don't implement that. Probably because it would become so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might break the interwebs. I'm guessing that's why I loved um, that Instagram account, um, Untapped WTF, which I'm guessing that he got a note from Untapped themselves because that name I think went we've away. We made it there. Yeah. <laughs> Not from Untapped, but yeah, we've yeah. gotten a couple of those. I I yeah I think that probably got got taken down for for that reason. Uh, there is there are some other ones out there um, that uh, have popped up though, and it's not the same. It's not exactly the same. There's one called Pilsnerish that I believe might be run by the same person. Yeah, that that, that <laughs> was that was the untapped WTF yeah, okay. guy. Yeah. So um, that. Uh, that account is uh, is definitely worth following and hilarious. Um, I don't know. I'm sure it exists, but as far as like consumer base, I don't know who else is is such an opinionated. Another industry that has such an opinionated consumer base, and I'm sure, it, I, I, like I said, I'm sure it exists. I just don't know of it um, because In restaurants would be the only thing even close. But yeah. I don't think they get it to the same. Right. I mean, because. I don't, I've never seen a food review for someone criticizing like what it was. Right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the scallops taste too much like scallops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. It's, it's, well, and un, untapped is such a, I mean, obviously it's not a regulated thing, nor should it be necessarily, but it's, it's, it's used in a lot of different ways because some people actually rate to style. Yeah. Some people rate to their personal tastes. Some people take their uh, socio-political views on there. You know, like it's it's used as as in so many different ways. And I rarely check into anything at all anymore. Um, and if I do, I don't rate. Oh, I I either don't rate it or I give it a five, no matter what it is, to counteract anyone who needlessly gave it a low. I do that too. I'll check beers that have <laughs> unnecessarily low ratings and yeah. give them fives just to pull the out. I mean, I'm one person, so that's yeah, not too much. Well. But it, but it it you know it's it's definitely I I we, we do fairly well on Untapped and we're lucky for that. I feel bad for what is I that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Mm, Sorry for the noise, taproom noises. <laughs> um, uh, so I I feel bad for for breweries that don't have uh, as high of a rating as they should because it does affect people's businesses. Yeah. It, it really does. You know, people people use that information, uh, you know, to make decisions on who they visit, mm -hmm. and that's one of the things with all the breweries floating around in the world these days. People pull it up they sort it by highest rating and they go visit, you know, and like, and that's cool. And that's great if you have a high rating, but some people have an undeservedly low rating and you know, that's, that's unfortunate, you know? Um, but I used to be part of the problem because <laughs> <laughs> you're reformed, you know, but it, 
I, I mean, I don't agree with this at all, but it was early on when I started on cap that a brewery owner asked me how I would address rating things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, people are going to put more weight in your opinion. I was like, well, first of all, I don't think anyone cares what I like or <laughs> don't like, mm-hmm. but that still stuck with me. Like just in case, and that's when I stopped rating things yep. or rated everything a five. Sure. Previous to that. And at that point I'd almost stopped really using untapped anyway <clears throat> but i rated everything based on how i liked it compared to nugget nectar <laughs> <laughs> so that is the most obscure untapped yeah. rating scale i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> because because it, it, in that moment in, in time nugget nectar was a five to me that was my f- absolute favorite beer so and i used which I think is the problem and not for individual users, but for what you just said is that people do legitimately use it for, mm-hmm. to decide where to go right. is that people use it to look back on to see if they liked it or not. Yep. Yeah. So like, that's how I was using it. Like I knew I loved Nugget Nectar. So how it compared <laughs> to Nugget Nectar was how I gave how I decided how many caps it was going to get. That's hilarious. So I, I can't wait to share this with John. Be like, I need you to know that you are the industry standard for That's at least funny. one person out there. I think, I, I think I've told him that. I th- I'm almost... I'll have to... I feel like I told him that. If That's, I didn't, I regret not telling him that. That's funny. Um, I'll have to list back, listen back through my episode with them, but I'm almost positive that... When I interviewed the two of them, that I told them, that's 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 definitely funny. That's awesome, though. So actually, I'll one of my favorite answers ever given to an interview question was also by John. Um, so I'll ask you the same question. What at what is there a moment where you knew Kushwa made it? I don't think so honestly personally and i don't know if you've asked me this before but i haven't i I don't i don't know that we've made it still and i i think you know as soon as you feel like you've made it i think there's a danger in that as a business owner not even as a brewery but just or or maybe even in anything i mean as soon as you settle in and you feel like you're like you've made it i think that takes away from your ambition a little bit maybe or you know it, it changes your mindset and how you see things well yeah may, maybe made it's not the right way like the first time you felt success then i'll put it that way because then you still keep trying from there yeah yeah um, i think it's it's like how do you measure success um i guess it's like another question on a question <laughs> um it just seems like there's levels like we made it we're open we made it, there's some recognition, yeah. you know, and we just keep baby stepping it. And there's always something else that I think drives us to continue this business and be more than what it is. We're always trying to add something here or, you know, what can we do to uh, appeal to other customers or how can we get into this market? I mean, well, here yeah, I'll yeah, I'll yeah. give I'll give my answer to that question, and I'll tell you what John's was. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> and then maybe that'll help you come up with your answer because I don't like yours so far. Um, you've answered it wrong. So mine would be the first time I was someplace and someone I had no connection to whatsoever came up to me and told me they listened to the podcast. Because hmm. up until then, I was just under the assumption that only people I knew were telling me that they listened just to make me feel good about myself. <laughs> um, John's answer, and I'm pretty sure it was John and not Chris, um, was that he was at a bar and someone came in and said, give me my regular. Mm. And it was sunshine pills. Nice. And his, and he had the same reason. He's like, cause he's like up until that point, I felt like I knew everyone that drank our beer, but right. I had no idea who this person was. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good answer. I, uh, in listening to you guys talk that out, I would say that definitely something that, that gives me some sort of like validation is having, having people who owe us nothing say positive things about us as people and our brand and our beer in public settings when, um, you know, unprovoked. So like um greg engert for example is a you know like it's a big name the guy is is extremely um well versed in this industry but in beer and and everything that comes along with it and the fact that he um has been excited about us from the time that we started sending beer out and he carries us in in all of his restaurants and and um things like something like that or you know and talking about um the the trogners like having them uh befriend us and want to brew beer with us and things like that you know you try not to put too much stock in other people's opinions of you but when those people are some of the you know the biggest names um for various reasons just just having them be um excited about what we do i think that validates what you know what we do and and that it makes us feel good about it it's some sort of proof that we don't suck (laughs) (laughs) maybe okay so so in the future maybe that's how i should ask the question give me an example (laughs) of proof that you don't suck So I say that because we have had, I can't tell you how many people through the years will sit at our bar who ha- are not craft beer people or not like big into it. And they'll try something and they'll be like, oh, well, like that doesn't suck. And like, thank, thank you. So I think we need Kushwa Brewing shirts. And on the back, it says that doesn't suck. That can happen. <laughs> you know a guy? Um, but, you know, it, it's, uh, Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the business has gone through phases and, you know, early on, like Marcus said, there've definitely been like, you, you find that point where, you know, you feel, um, you know, you, you know, you've, you've, you've passed a hurdle and, you know, things are going well. Um, I think, I think, you know, being invited to pour at some of the parties that we poured at and, and, you know, being chosen, by other certain other breweries and things like that to be included in stuff i i think that does you know offer um some you know support to what what we're doing um and those are people that i mean like i said they don't owe us anything they're not doing that just to be nice to us they don't 
have any reason to even know who we are. So those weren't people we knew before we started this brewery or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a better answer. <laughs> uh, just a quick highlight and kind of piggybacking off Greg Inger. Uh, he he was so gracious to set up a, a tap takeover in New York City back mid-October, and I had the chance to go up there for the weekend uh, to help promote that and hang out at his his uh, establishment. And, I mean, there's one encounter with, uh, you know, I'm going to say he was diehard New York City and he came up and and chatted with me for a little bit about our beer and how much he liked it and you know he had tried several different things and it was traded for several different things and it just it, it felt good i mean it felt good to kind of be out of our really our central regional market and hear those praises from someone um so just want to add that in do you find validation in that like when uh, that if you when your beer is being used as as trades sure yeah i see it a, a good bit just with like tackling the the social media side of it and seeing what people post and in yeah. search of and this and that i mean for me like that's i think that's cool like i i mean i, mean, I think that i think that Add, definitely adds a layer of validation or yeah. like a mm-hmm. point of pride that like there's people across the country who have access to great beer too but they're trying to get yours mm-hmm. yeah i think it's it's been really neat to see our beer you know be traded and also pop up in a lot of different places and you know see see pictures of it and states other states other countries do you take note of that often yeah. like we're like just the random middle of nowhere check-in on untapped like i don't look at untapped very frequently um i look at overall ratings just to as okay. to keep a pulse on things the uh, the individual check-ins i don't look at okay. too much it's more like instagram like mm-hmm. we'll see some of that you know on instagram uh more but at least for me personally like that's where i see it how um how important do you think instagram is to craft beer I think it's very important. Yeah, I think it's at this point right now it's it's the number one. I mean, it's overtaken Facebook and Twitter is kind of I don't know. I don't even go there really. Some stuff makes it there because I think <laughs> there's linked accounts, uh, but I'm not going there to avidly check that. Uh, Every Instagram once is in a while, the, I remember it. Uh, Twitter <laughs> yeah, exists, like, oh, yeah. and I'll Here go like tweet something then then i forget again (laughs) (laughs) but yeah instagram's by far the the easiest way to get your name out there and and see what's going on in the in the industry across the board branding you know as as how many breweries we have in the states now nine thousand almost i think it's it's definitely over eight yeah so as as more and more open you know, and there's a lot of good beer out there. Um, br- the branding is is huge. You know, the the next like evolution of of our business, but I think the industry overall is um, when you're the only game in town, you don't have to worry about your brand. It, at you know, 
can't do stupid things, but yeah. like, you, you know, that's not your main focus. You're focused on the product. You know, now it's like, make you sure you can't beer. have just a great product. Exactly. Now. Yeah. Good beer, having good beer. And there are some exceptions of this for sure. You know, there are some breweries that are just phenomenal what they do and they don't, they don't put a lot of effort into their branding because they don't have to, but having good beer alone doesn't quite cut it like it used to. And mm. this has been a change in the last, honestly, I think three or four years, yeah. you know, um, so many options, you know, and it's not even just craft beer options. It's now you've got all kinds of like craft distilleries and, yeah. you know, we live in an area where there's wineries, so alcohol dollars get spent there. Um, you know, there's, there are all kinds of, it's everything craft, craft coffee, craft kombucha, craft, whatever. And, and we had this conversation the other day, you know, a lot of these products are pricey because it's, it's, it's expensive to run a small business and do some of these things. The inputs are expensive. So pricing is high and things. So if, if, if you're a person who's into craft beer and craft coffee and wants to eat <laughs> in trendy restaurants and do yeah. all this stuff, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's an it's, expensive lifestyle. It, it is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very expensive. So branding and making sure people are tuned in to, you know, what, what you have to offer and, and to continue to get people to come back is, is an extremely important thing. Do you think they are isolated instances or do you think the industry should be concerned about how almost adversarial Instagram as a platform has been towards beer lately? Like with, there's <clears throat> several breweries that have lost their accounts mm -hmm. um like posts being deleted with no reason yeah or. do we know what drove that specific i mean like i know that's happening but is there any rhyme or reason they has have, it been they like, they some of the bigger ones have no idea still and is e have even gone the route through like getting lawyers involved wow. from what i understand and still can't get answers to what happened I don't know. I, I do, I think, you know, and I think it's been a topic of conversation for a while, I, even outside of our industry, their social media platforms are taking liberties to censor certain things or, you know, obviously their algorithm algorithms to show you certain things and, yeah. you know, in certain times or certain ways or whatever. I, yeah, I think I think it's an issue. What do you do about it? I don't really know. Because well, at the same no time, answer. I mean, it's a private yeah. company. It's yeah. not, you know, it's. So there's a there's a, I don't know, like rights conversation there as far as like what you know what are we? Yeah, I would I would never do. argue that like there's rights or anything being trampled on. The only argument I would ever make like as criticism is that there's no transparency. Mm -hmm. Like there should be an answer to right. why like when you've like when you've done nothing illegal mm -hmm. why sure. your account's been removed. Yeah. 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 Luckily we haven't we haven't encountered that so far. Here we go. Knocking on <laughs> I'm knocking on wood, you can't yeah, see it. No, I don't even know what we do. <laughs> I don't want to start over from scratch, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I've seen I've seen where, like, posts have been made. I think it was microphone or something, like, recently. It had a post up, and it was the Instagram, like, pretty much blocking it out. Yeah. And I'm like, I think, man, um, that just sucks. It's like... Vitamin C had some recently. Wiley Roots had some recently. I think it's only a matter of time before we see one on our end. Yeah. Something I'd love to know like what that. drives it. 
And know? it's probably not even a person. I mean, a person probably set those wheels in motion, but it's more of freaking computer. I well, mean, yeah, it's I just it, driving. Like, yeah. it just select randomly selects and and then takes it down. But I think a lot of that's going to change here and just some of the stuff where regulations are being put in place through the now the government is involved yeah. and going to control that and government. <laughs> yeah. So and what you can view and what you can post and you know um so it'll be interesting interesting to see how that changes and cultivates in the next and couple I, I of years. It, it could be happening in other industries too. I I don't know. Um because I don't, I really, there's, there aren't other ones I pay close attention to. So I don't know if like, it's just a pervasive problem where like there's overactive filters that are just being triggered. Um, but although like once I started posting, uh, lots of photos of glassware Mm. or, and like doing stuff with Huffy, I like, I had an influx of, of, Instagram accounts that have like Terps in the name or Nugs mm. or something. And if you look at any of those accounts, like it's almost all just videos of people doing bong rips. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and nothing's ever done to. Yeah. I feel like watching people smoke weed is the equivalent of kids watching other kids play video games. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wouldn't you rather just do it yourself? But it's like, it was funny. Like, there's. Whole, it, it's like Instagram has all these lanes. Yeah. <laughs> like there's just, there's definitely one lane. It's solidly just people doing bong rips. Yeah. <laughs> what a world. <laughs> so you, you need a little bit of everything, <laughs> but they don't like, and so there's all kinds of like in that industry, like, um, it doesn't seem like they have a problem with accounts being taken down, but, I don't follow closely, so it's possible they do too, but I don't know. It's something that concerns me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to bring the conversation down. No, it's all good. It's <laughs> it's odd. It's definitely odd. Um, I don't, that's, Marcus does all of our social media stuff. I'm, I'm way less involved and I only have Instagram as a social media platform. I don't do a whole lot of, of social media things personally or anything like that, so... Yeah, and it's weird. Like, the same problems don't seem to happen on Facebook. They're run by the same damn company, so you'd think they would have like try to apply the same yeah. rules. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. No answers, just like you said. Lots of questions. Right. Facebook's a wild place. So what do you have? I mean, obviously, uh, you have your party this month. What else does Kushwa have coming up that you're excited about? Uh, hopefully like a month of relaxation after our yeah. anniversary is done. Hopefully yeah. we can chill out for a little bit. We've actually, we've cut back on uh, collabs lately just to like take a, take a break a little bit. Um, and, you know, we traveled a lot last year to festivals and things and that'll be coming again this year. So I think in the interim, it's, it's kind of like getting a little refocused here. We have some things that some projects we want to work on, uh, in our space, uh, in our outdoor area and some other ideas about, um, some stuff that we want to take on. So I think there's a lot of like internal stuff that, you know, we're going to spend some time, um, trying to work out, uh, and improve. Um, 
as far as as far as growth, I don't I don't think I see us growing a whole lot more than where we're at right now. To be honest with you, we you know we installed a bunch of new tanks, um, I like six or eight months ago, and we have plenty of capacity. Um, we have a killer staff, and everyone's you know stuck it out with us for years. We we've just got a really good crew, so we don't really need more people. We don't need more you know capacity. We I think it's now just fine tuning things. You know, it's it's figuring out. We've been grinding for so long, and we've been basically in a growth phase for you know five years now. It's it's almost like a purposeful plateau to collect ourselves and and you know refocus on doing things even better than we do them and um, fine tuning some business stuff and things like that. Are you going to collect any more Garrett's? I'm, I'll take a resume from Garrett, any Garrett, send, send it on. I'll find a spot for Garrett's. <laughs> what about you, Marcus? Anything you're, you also just want to take a breath? Yeah, it's, it's been, <coughs> excuse me, it's been crazy. So like, I'm kind of wanting to get through January and, and take a, a, some time to kind of reset and recharge and and uh like garrett said there's some things on the docket that we're looking at internally um just to uh i guess build off of um (coughs) so i think that's where our focus is at um you know i think the only other thing that i would add is that you know how I think we've tried to throw around some ideas on how we could uh, maximize an outdoor space uh, and what we have here or if there's something that we can do to drive people out here because people like to sit outside. So what that looks like, we don't know. Um, but it's, it's definitely probably, in our the back of our mind right now. It's probably one of the only downsides to a industrial park brewery mm-hmm. is the that makes the outdoor space a lot harder. Mm-hmm. It's hard uh, for sure. And, and the way that this is physically, our, you know, park is, is physically set up. It, uh, it doesn't lend itself to having a very large outdoor space that can always be set up or anything. Um, we, we've discussed the option of a second location somewhere, but I don't know that that will be a thing anytime in the near future ever um but it'd be cool to have a farm you know i I'd, i've always kind of dreamed of having like a small farm or something that we could you know have a spot on but that's that that certainly isn't something that's going to happen anytime soon but long range it, it could be it could be neat how many acres is is there any acreage limit for what to be classified as a farm brewery or is it you just have to grow and use your own ingredients? I don't think there is. I could be wrong about this, but I don't think there's an acreage limit. But you're well, right. Because Upper Stem doesn't have right. a ton of land. Right. And I don't know I don't know how much land Dan has. I thought they had like 10 acres or something. I could be wrong about that. But um, you, you do have to. I think, I think the rule is that you have to use at least one ingredient from your farm in a beer. I don't even think it's like some percentage base. I think it's, just it's a, a beer with something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's some, it's really like some kind of like vague, uh, 
stipulation. I don't even know if it's a law or what, you know, whatever it is, but, um, you know, it, it would be neat to be able to grow some stuff and use, use some of those ingredients in beers, you know, whether it's hops. I mean, we don't, we don't get, we can't really grow a lot of the hype hops around here. Um, and even if you could, you know, a lot of them are licensed off and things. Um, fruit would be cool you know like we could do some stuff with that maybe i would and i think i mean i speak for marcus and and i both um it would be cool to have a some sort of like mixed firm program um that would totally be a passion project though because the market for that is so squashed right now um i just i that's not a huge money maker but if you had a farm you could certainly do that and it could be part of you know your portfolio rather than having it be you know, something that you're trying to be a, a revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Do you think harder. that's just that there's not not a lot of people who like them, or because there are enough places doing that that have kind of like cornered the market of the available people that like them? I think the people that like true sours, you know, mixed firm beers, farmhouse ales, you know, sours, you know all those like that classification of things i think the market i think it's a it's a small subset of craft beer in general and the people that used to drink um sours uh legit sours uh when kettle sours became popular it just it pulled so much business away from the other you know from the other ones and that to make a uh mixed firm product can be very time and labor intensive and it takes up you know capacity and and, you know keeps liquid and tanks for a lot longer and things um there's a higher dump rate and all kinds there's just so much stuff that goes into it that it becomes almost a losing proposition for people who don't specialize in it so and it probably has been hurt by fruited sours oh it's been because any like people who got in the craft beer mm-hmm. from the fruited sour routes mm-hmm. drink those and then try a traditional sour expecting that sours are supposed to taste like a fruited sour and not going to be happy no not at all <laughs> no not at all i th- i think that's i think that's that's uh definitely a i don't know what you call it it's a wrinkle in in craft beer yeah. it's 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 gotten it it's made things weird a little bit um you know, but I mean, there's definitely still a market. I'm not trying to say there's not one. Yeah. But when well, you, I think the way you said it too, if like if it's not something you're specializing in, right. it may, it makes it a lot harder. Like if you haven't grown a name because mm-hmm. that's something you really focus on, right? It's going to be hard to dabble in it. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, and it takes you have to have you don't have to maybe I but it's it's wise to have a whole separate set of equipment or a facility or something yeah. else if you're doing clean beer you know to keep to keep things um on the up and up um but <clears throat> places like Pendruid you know they their their whole everything they do is that and it's awesome and I couldn't compete with what they do so why even try you know let let them not let them but like they're they they are so good at it it's 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 almost pointless to to do um but again if you had a farm you know and you and you wanted to mess with that you could easily have a couple couple options for things and start to learn and grow and 
Crooked Run's kind of good at that. You know, mm-hmm. the Crooked Run does a lot of yeah. of clean beer, but then um, you know, Jake's got his whole mix firm program and natural wines and um he's really good at balancing all that stuff and i think he makes he makes good product uh, re- really really good product how do people find and keep up to date with what kushwa has going on um our website for one um so you can go to kushwabrewing.com um social media facebook and instagram uh we always post our latest releases um so that's the ticket to know what's going on uh as far as beer and events and anything else inside these four walls or outside awesome thank you gentlemen uh for giving me some of your time uh i always enjoy talking to you i love your beer uh so thank you well thank you man we appreciate you coming out we we also i always i was like sitting down and talking with you like genuinely not just for the sake of saying that on a podcast like i i enjoy hanging out and uh you know it's you, you were an early adopter of our you know beer and and uh you know it's been cool to get to know you through the years and um i appreciate you letting us back on and having an opportunity to uh chat before our five year I'm I'm excited for that. I think it was going to be a fun time. Should be a good day. So, yeah. Thank be- you for the kind words. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.